Hello and welcome back to the Evanation Show. This is the first show I've done since mid-February. I had originally planned to take a break for a little bit and then get back into it around April. And then COVID-19 happened and kind of <laughs> threw everything into a bit of a bit of a wrench. So the the break lasted a lot longer than I had anticipated, so I'm sorry about that. But I have a special treat for you guys today. Okay, first of all, did you know that you could play professional football outside of the outside of North America? Yes, yes you can. There is professional football in Europe, and my guest today is someone who played when I was in college at Waldorf and is currently playing professional American football in Germany. It is Darian Neal. Darian, what is it like in Germany right now with all like the COVID stuff that's going on? Uh, well, just last week we was just able to go to stores and being able just to work out again. So it's it's really been really strict. It's been a really lockdown. Germany is really strict about their rules. Like <laughs> they're really strict on it. And so as of right now, life is starting to be, I guess, back to normal of what we used to call normal. But I think this is the new, new norm, walking around with masks and hand sanitizing and washing your hands. We should have been doing th these type of things, but I guess this is our new norm now. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of places in town here where you can't physically enter the building unless you have some sort of mask or protective face covering yeah. on. So those like little cheap disposable masks are flying off the shelves wherever you can get one. Yeah, but... Uh, so let's talk about like the main topic that we'll just kind of branch in and out for okay. uh, throughout the throughout the interview, which is for most people growing up in the United States after college, you people think you really only have three options: you either a go to the NFL, b go to Canada, or c you join like some arena indoor league. Yeah, but you are playing professional American football in Germany, and the team you are currently on is Remscheid Amboss of the of the German Football League in the 5th Division. Yeah. I, I, I guess the first question is, when did you learn that playing abroad was even a possibility for you? Because like, we kind of knew international football was a thing because they had NFL Europe back in the day. So yeah. when did you learn that this was a thing you could do? Uh, well, it was at the 2013 season. And I really didn't know what I was going to do next. You know, I was going to graduate in the, in the spring. And then I, just, I went to spring break and a, a guy connect, a guy wrote me on Facebook and um, his name is Flo, Florian. And uh, he wrote me and he was like, hey, how would you like to come to Germany and play football? And I was like, you know, I, my mind is like, oh, man, this this is not enough for me. I want to go to the NFL, to the CFL. And I started looking at my situation like I didn't put up a lot of good numbers in college. My situation wasn't good, but there was a chance outside of out of America. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take the chance on it. And eight years later, I'm still here in, in Europe. I'm living here. This is my new home. It's, it's a blessing. You learn a lot of things being over here. And for kids that are trying to still keep playing after college, don't give up the dream yet. There's opportunities outside of America. And I tell you, the culture, the culture shock, the, the food, the places you can visit, it will change your life forever. And the friends that you meet here, a lot of these, you never know where they're connected to and you know you might go to another country and you play somewhere else and they have family and so it's all it's just a big family football in, in europe is just a big family it's a bigger family it's, you know it, it, 
it, it's something that I think if you were to poll the average person, they would just kind of look at you and say, wait a minute, like, there's American football outside of the U.S. and <laughs> Canada? Like, I, I think that most people would assume that, well, once NFL Europe stopped being a thing, they just it just kind of went away with it. But no, oh, apparently, wow. like, German professional football has been around since at least the 80s. Like, the GFL, the yep, German yep. Football League, has been around since, like, the earliest yep. record I could find of a team playing there is, like, 1985. So it's been around yep. for a while down there. Yeah, one of my old teams was one of the first first teams to play in Germany. So, yeah, it's just been around for And this tradition, it's a lot of, I'll give it to you. Like, you would think, like, these guys don't, like, when you first come, you think, like, like a lot of Europeans don't know nothing about football. They know foot, a lot of football knowledge. They have watched a lot of football. They travel to the um, they travel to America a lot to watch games, to even go, like, to coaching seminars and coaching trainings. So, like, the coaches and players in Europe, they're really equipped, and they, they understand the game, you know. And the game is starting to really pick up over here in Europe. Yeah. Do you find that... Football in Europe is kind of in the same place where we were like 30 years ago with like basketball abroad. Because if you were to talk to somebody in like the mid 90s, you're like, wait, what the hell? There's basketball in Russia? Like they have yeah. basketball <laughs> over there? And now, yeah. and now some of the biggest players in the NBA, Giannis, Luca, Joel Embiid, they all learned about basketball outside of the U.S. college system yeah. coming from places yeah. like Greece. Coming from yeah. Greece and Africa. Slovakia, Croatia, yeah. So do you think yeah. that we're going to be in a place in 20, like 20 years, probably like 2040, where we're looking at, oh, this is a guy who learned about football outside of the U.S. completely, and he's going to be in the NFL? That's starting to happen now, though. There's a lot of it's a lot of different um, recruiting um, like, uh, groups and stuff over in Germany, and it's a lot of American guys that are like helping like a lot of kids from Europe get to America now. And you know what? I'd probably say 20 years ago, if you tell a kid in Germany or a kid in, in France or anywhere in, in Europe, if they were to tell you, I want to go to NFL, you know, back then you'd be like, yeah, that's a, just, that's a far-fetched dream. Now that dream is starting to come to reality every day now. You know, so it's like it can happen if you if you chase the dream and you really are focused on it and you got to realize there's kids in Europe that will come to America and outwork American kids just because they home before, you, you know, they home for the, the opportunity. And sometimes I think that's always a good thing when you can leave your your home country and go fight for something you love to do, you know. Yeah, we have, we've already had one player drafted from the GFL back in 2016. The Minnesota Vikings drafted a guy named Moritz Boringer. He was yeah. he was a tight end. He's bounced around some practice squads. hasn't played in an NFL game yet, but he's only 26. There's still there's still a chance for him. That's time. That's time. Yeah. So let's go pre Germany, pre Europe. Where did Darian Neal's football journey start? Oh, <laughs> well, I started playing football um, in, at Sumner High School in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, graduated there. I had a good, okay career. I don't say I had a great, I had an okay career. Um, then I attended Coffeyville Community College for a semester. Was not the fit for me. Uh, then I then I re-enrolled into another university, uh, Independence University, Independence Community College. It's called, now it's called Last Chance U. So I did go there before it was Last Chance U. That was a great opportunity. I had the time to play. Things didn't go my way. And I find, my, I find myself in beautiful old Forest City, Iowa. Um, <laughs> and I had a great time there. Like, my career was in my hands the whole time. Sometimes, some things I did not like. But that's life, you know. Everything's not going to go my way. 
Uh, well, I played at Waldorf for three years. You know, I had a lot. We we had more good times than we won, and I'm okay with that. You know, those moments that we have forever. And then I found my way from Waldorf, graduated in 2014. And since 2014, I've been in Germany playing football. I played in Passau. I played, I played for the Erden Bulls. I played for the Düsseldorf Bulldogs. And now my current team is the Ramshaw Ambos. Yeah, this is where I'm at. I will be 30 next year. Um, I see myself playing another maybe five years. So right now I'm just trying to be at the top top shape I could be in and just get ready for the next couple of years. And then I think I'm the old man's going to hang him up. Uh, you went to Independence Community College, who a lot of people remember that from Last Chance U. As yeah. someone who went the JUCO route before attending Waldorf University, what was Waldorf College back then, yeah. Was going the JUCO route like really important for you and something that looking back on it, you know, I kind of needed? Uh, I think I needed it. My character, I had a really bad the, – I didn't believe in myself. The, the player I am now, if I was the same player I was now, if I was the same player at 15 and I believed in myself, I don't know where I would be. I would think I would be somewhere high, way higher. Like, But that's the thing. I don't regret anything. But um, I don't know. It, it just it made me realize I didn't have a lot of offers. I had one offer to Central Missouri, and it got pulled because my I didn't get the right GPA I needed. And so I was like, you know what? It's either I'm going to go to a JUCO or I'm going to work. And I was like, my, I was like, you know, I can't do this. And my mom was like, no. She gave me her last thousand dollars, and she's like, hey, you got to get up out of here. And she drove me from St. Louis, Missouri, to Coffeyville, Kansas. And I tell you, the first night I cried like a baby. I was like, you know what i can't do this i cannot do this but then you know one of my teammates came with me and i just felt like the juco route it was for me i met a lot of people and i met a lot of friends that like people that i wouldn't met that i think my life wouldn't be the same without them so i think the juco route is a beautiful route but it's a grind it's a it's a grind the things that you see on last chance you how accurate is that show because you know when it comes to things like Hard knocks. There's there's a bit of like artistic license, but how much of what you see on Last Chance U of oh no, this is what it's actually like playing at a JUCO. I want to say fifty percent of it because the other fifty was fabricated. I think the other fifty they just made up. But there's there's people really. I was even on the like there's people really struggling in JUCO. Like they barely have anything to eat, or the families barely can send them money, or only thing they could do is probably pay for the cell phone bill every month. Like it's really rough in JUCO. And then in my case, I was one of those kids where I wanted to be done with JUCO as fast as I could. So I stayed. Like, I stayed summer, winter, fall. I stayed two years. I stayed summer, winter, fall. I did not. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it over with. And it's really it's really hard because if you don't make it in JUCO, most of the time you go to a lower school. And most of the guys that go to a lower school, it's, it, it's a 50-50 chance. They make it, they might not. And half of the guys you start JUCO with, that first 10 days, Half of them guys are going to be gone the next next two three weeks after school start because they don't get the spot they don't get their spot or it's too many out of states. But now the rules are different. Now the rules are so many different rules, and uh, it's so many days of JUCO I wanted to give up because I was like, this is not for me. This player's better than me. You know that start that self doubt started to kick in and you start thinking, oh man, I didn't do the right thing. Oh, I went to the wrong JUCO. It's too many players for me. And then it's like after a while you say, okay, I'm registered. Now if you registered. It's like, okay, what now? What now? Am I going to really sit here and wait my turn? But then they, they recruit more kids to come. And so it's like the JUCO game, is a, it's a gamble, like anything else in life. JUCO is a gamble. You might, it's a hit or miss. 
after the JUCO route, you wound up at Waldorf University, then Waldorf College. Uh, what was the process of you winding up there? Uh, well, one of my one of my old teammates, Lavelle Maddox, uh, my best friend. Uh, he called me and was like, "Hey, bro, let's go here. Let's team up and let's uh let's let's try to change the program." And then at the time, LZ Anderson, uh, he's not there anymore. Shout out to LZ Anderson. Uh, he was my JUCO coach, and he went to Waldorf. And then uh, Kent Anderson, who's who was my head coach while I was there, uh, they both gave me a phone call, and you know it was it was an okay situation when I first got there, you know. But you know, after time goes on, and you're there for a while, you start you start learning more. You know, you become older, you wiser, you you just learn. And if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't went to Waldorf just because I did it because of my friends, and I I I should have went to where I really wanted to go. But you know, Waldorf was it changed my life. I met a lot of people that really changed my life and, and made me realize that life is bigger than St. Louis, Missouri. And I and I visited a lot of different places. So, you know what, Waldorf it will always be in my heart no matter what. It's always be a part of me. And after that, you when you learned that you could end up playing football in Europe, how hard of a sell was that to your parents? Like going and telling mom and dad, I'm gonna go play football in Europe was they were like Wait, you're gonna do what? Like, how hard of a sell was that? <laughs> uh, my well, my stepfather, my stepfather, his name Eric Williams. He's always been like motivating me, like you know what, do it, do it. You know, if you're not gonna go to NFL or if you're not gonna get a job, like a job, your career job, do it. Chase the dream. You know, you been chasing the dream since you was a little boy. Do it. My mom, my mom wasn't not really. <laughs> she was not really with it. She she argued up and down with me, like you know, it's not worth it. You know, it's it just so many things because, you know, she really don't, my mom really don't travel a lot. She's been to maybe three or four states. And even going to, coming to Forest City, Iowa for my graduation, that was a culture shock for her. My mom cried like a baby for two weeks, and then she called me and she told me, follow your heart. And you know what? I called the team the next well, the next day, well, uh, 2 o'clock my time and, like, <laughs> 7 o'clock in Germany. And I just called them, like, I'm coming. And once I knocked that I was coming, it was just all from there. It was just all gas, no brakes. <laughs> Let's talk about, like, just the pay structure of how much... Like, what do you guys make typically per game or per season playing playing over in Germany? It it, it depends. Like, you could go from 450 to 1,000 euros, maybe even to maybe 1,000, 1,300. But it's just... The, it's the team. It's the, it's the, the country. It's, it just depends on which country you're on, which league you're in. The price is different. And sometimes you... Sometimes you get help where you can um, – they will help you enroll into a master to get your master's at a, at a university. You know, so it's just different things that they do, and it's just – it's a lot of good things. And I say, yeah, the money the money's not the NFL, it's not the CFL, but it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's about the memory because it comes and goes. What is so – I'm always a big believer in it. Money, money – huh? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What you say? Yeah, I say money, come, money comes and goes, so I say – even if you was getting paid ten thousand dollars or ten or ten thousand euros a month, it's just money, and by the time you get it, it's already gone. So it's like I'm more about the the memories because money comes and goes, and the moments that you cannot, you know, to get that 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 moment or the feeling when you got a game day, when it's game day, like that never gets old to me. Like I'm waiting on that now. Like I haven't played a game since last year, September twelfth. I am so like <laughs> ready to just just go crazy. And I'm just waiting patiently, and that's the that's the feeling where like money doesn't money it doesn't matter how much money you give it, no money can pay that for that can give you that feeling. 
When was the earliest moment of culture shock? Like that first moment where you looked around and you're like, oh boy, I am in a different place now. Oh, <laughs> well, the first time uh, we was on the, um, so the highway here is called the Autobahn. And so the Autobahn is like, there's no speed limit. <laughs> oh no. I say 10 to 20 minutes to the drive. Uh, one of my friends picked me up from the team. And when I tell you, I say after 20, 30 minutes, I say, hey, can you pull over? I I got I was nauseous. I was like, what? I never I like, never did, but I was really culture shocked. That like just the speed limit by and then like my first schnitzel, schnitzel. It's it's like I want to say it's like a pork chop, but it's like a fried pork chop. It's so I had schnitzel with pommes, pommes is fries, and like reddish and a lemon. Ah, oh, it, it's good. At first I was like, I'm not really into this. I don't really want it. And like just like um. Like the just the culture, how they they're more conservative, you know. They're more laid back. They're not like so like they're there's a slow pace here, and I had to get used to that. And then like most of the most of the guys that play on the team, this is their hobby, you know. They don't they don't get paid to play football. They do it for a hobby. It's 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 fun for them, and just the way they live, like um just like the toilets and certain you know when you use a toilet over here, you shouldn't stand up. You know you should sit down. Like that's like it's a, like you stay in the toilet. Just it's the little things, or like how like there's so much recycling. Like the recycling is different here. Like any waste, any type of waste, you have to recycle it. It needs to be recycled, and you have to like you have to separate it. And they bit really big into that. And like the uh, just like the different types of food and different type of ways you can travel. It's so cheap to travel here. Like so cheap. Well, it was. It took me thirty euros to get to London from Germany. It was an hour flight. Like so cheap. The traveling is so cheap, and, and and the food is a little bit cheaper. The the McDonald's, the McDonald's was a culture shock. The McDonald's, there's certain things in Germany that America doesn't have, and like the McDonald's is a little bit healthier, if that makes sense. But it's a little bit more cleaner. There's certain things that the the food industry they can't like they cannot put in the foods over, so it's a little bit more cleaner. It so it's just a and they and like the bubble water, they drink they drink gas water, they drink water with gas. And it, that's a, if you ask for water, you ask for still is still is Vasa. So yeah, that was the biggest culture shock to me. Uh, just the concept of like a highway with no speed limit just sounds terrifying because you the first time you're on there, you must have felt like you were in a NASCAR, like he was just going, <laughs> and he was he was just he was just hauling. Yeah, uh, McDonald's in Germany. You know, we, we've always kind of heard the urban legends of, like, the fast food items that are only available in certain parts of the world. What yeah, is what is, is your favorite German-only McDonald's thing that you cannot get stateside? Uh, oh, so we have potato. We have, like, potato wedges over here with, like, chili cheese on it. That is, like, my favorite over That's I used to eat it a lot. Now, now other than that, it's, like, different. Like, they have different, like, uh, fruits and different like donuts like we don't have in America we don't have it and we, like some places they have like certain like their own like traditional food or something traditional in the McDonald's so they always like the German culture is always getting pushed in every restaurant so that's really good I, I really like that a lot too alright settle this for me is it true that you can actually get beer at a German McDonald's is that true a beer a beer no I don't I don't think so. I never, I, I never seen this. No, I don't think this is, this is true. I, I don't think so. You drink, you, you know what? The craziest thing, I have seen a, a couple construction workers, workers over here, drinking beer at nine o'clock in the morning. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's taking day drinking to a whole new level right there. <laughs> oh, you can start drinking over here when you're 15 or 14. 15 or 14, like champagne and like light beers, you can start drinking at 14 or 15. Life is different. Yeah, so we cannot have him confirm or deny that you can actually buy beer at a German at a German McDonald's. Uh, how many American guys are there on a team? Is it... Because uh, you, you can't be the only one on the roster that's, like, from the U.S. Like, so how many are there per team? Per t- it, de- it depends the team, uh, the team structure. Like, now currently on our team, it's only two of us. But some teams, they have maybe four, maybe six, maybe eight, maybe even 12. Because it, it, sometimes... They have like six guys here in Germany, and then they will have like a like six reserves that are still in America. So if someone get hurt, they will bring someone over. So most of the time, it's like maybe four, two on offense, two on defense, and then you got like another another two or four reserves for both sides of the ball. So that's how it really much goes. Some teams, some teams in Germany don't play with any 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 imports. They call, we call imports import players. So some teams play with no import players because they believe in their system, and their their system is. They they are form system. So most of the time, some teams are the only team in the town. So you maybe have a hundred and eight or hundred or maybe a hundred and thirty guys on one team, and you can really structure your team how you want to. You don't need any additional reinforcements. Is there so there is no like quota system where like okay, well you must have X number of American players on your team? No, or? you don't. No. No, you can have as many as you want, or you don't. If you don't want none, you don't have. You don't need none. If you don't need none, you feel like your team don't need it. Then you don't need it. What is your proudest moment as as a pro? Like your favorite moment that's happened on the field, like during your professional career over in Germany? Oh man, 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 man! I got, I got. Well, I have three of them. I'll tell you quickly. Um, my first moment was. Uh, there was a um, a game maybe 2017 that I won. We had we went to double overtime with the Munich Cowboys and uh, we were we were basically undefeated at this point. And uh, first, uh, what I think three drives into three plays into the into overtime, it's it's third and one. Next thing you see me just running to the end zone, game over, ball game, touchdown, and that set the tone for the rest of the season. And that was really my proudest moment. One of my and from last year, uh, I won. We won the uh, fourth league championship, and uh, it just made me. It was a lot of just just unwanted attention on my shoulders and stuff I've been going through my whole last couple of years over here. And it was just finally like happy to just you know to really knock down the door and get it done and helping my team get to the third league. That was really a good moment for me. Did you get? Do you get rings or like a trophy? Like if you win a league title. Yeah, some people, some teams get rings, some teams get, some teams get both. It just depends on what the team agrees on. So that's always the case. Some people like the Leatherman jackets, or they want the Leatherman jackets with a ring or a trophy. So yeah, I got most of, I got MVP of my off of, of the offense slash and of the team. So I'm kind of, I'm happy about that. I worked my butt off last year. What did you guys get for winning the fourth division? Did you get the trophy? Did you get a ring? What'd you guys get? We got, we got, we got, we got a trophy. We got a trophy. The club got a trophy. We got a picture taken. You know, we got a little bit of con- You know, a little bit of talk. We talked to a couple teams, and you know how that goes. It's like, it's like you win after you win. Two days later, it's on to the next thing, and you know that's why I find myself now. It's like 
you, I just want to keep winning. Like that feeling never gets old to keep winning after all the, after 10 or 12 games a season, after all the stress you go through in your personal life and trying to have, a, you know, have a, a girlfriend and all this stuff. Like when you win, it's like, it's all worth it. All the stuff you go through, it's all worth it at the end. Hey, right, well, well, we'll get you out of here on this. And that's when it comes to where you are right now about to turn 30 if you could talk to 18 year old darian is there anything that you would tell him now like if you had the opportunity to talk to 18 year old you when you were just coming out of high school is there anything that you would tell him now that you think would maybe help him in the future oh wow (laughs) that's crazy you asked me that question (laughs) i would tell my my 18 year old me it's all going to be okay. Keep grinding. Stay focused. And don't give up. Don't give up. Because that's all That's all I really... I think the 18-year-old me and the 30, almost 30 me, two different people, two different places, the 18-year-old me was wild, didn't understand the process, didn't understand the working out was more important than, you know, chill, like, having fun. And now that I'm 30, now I realize that that makes more sense, working out, getting your body in tune, making sure you're healthy. Try to do the best you can for yourself. And 18-year-old me was stubborn. So that's what I would tell myself. To be humble, put put yourself first and make you work, make sure you work your tail off. And like those are lessons that can apply to anybody, no matter what you want to do, whether it's football or business or building. Like just the idea of putting in the hour, of putting in the hours and the success will come is a universal concept that I think everyone can appreciate. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I would like to say something to you. Congratulations to you. And I, I'm proud of you of where you have came with your show and just the person you have become. And, I, and you know what? I, I, I wouldn't mind doing another one of these interviews with you. And I would want, even want to introduce you to a couple of my teammates, you know, to get you connected with some, some guys in Germany. I would, I would really appreciate that. Well, that, sound, that sounds great. And uh, as soon as we can arrange that, I'm sure that that would be something that would be would be really fun and beneficial on uh on my end. So thank you. So thank you for that. Uh, no I was problem. uh, you know, the, the concept of would almost like I'm I'm gonna turn twenty twenty eight this year. Would twenty eight year old would eighteen year old me listen to twenty eight year old me? And the answer to that question is absolutely not. At that stage of my life, <laughs> I was not listening to anybody, even even a ten year even a. 10 year older version of myself, like where I was at that stage of my life, he would like, I don't care what you would have told him. He wouldn't have listened to you. So, (laughs) but that's the thing about life. It it comes with, it comes with growth and, and you, you learn it just to understand, like be patient. Great. You know, I learned this. This is what I learned. And I, and I, I, and I'll tell you this, you always got greatness come with passion, with, with, with patience. You have to have patience in life. Because everything is, is just, you got to just keep going, keep going. And the thing is about life, it, it ain't about how many steps you can make that day. It's just, if you just make one step towards your goal, you are better than you was yesterday. And that's the goal, to be better than yourself yesterday. Don't worry about the next two, three weeks, the years, just better than yourself than the day, you, the next day. That's it. That's it. And if people just realize the things where you're trying to get to go in life is so simple. If you want it, go get it. If you don't, then don't complain. Don't have excuses. Enjoy your life. If you're not going to work hard for something, don't complain. Just be quiet. If you want it, go get it. Put the work in. Nobody will give you nothing. That's what I would tell myself. My 
18 year old me. Nobody's going to give you nothing. There's no handouts in life. Nothing is given. It's all earned. And that's true. Now, I would tell 18 year old me, hey, why don't you just like start doing this like 10 years ago and then just build up a platform and then you can join like the ringer or something like if I didn't really know that this was something you could have done. In like 2000, oh God, how like 2010, 2011, <laughs> like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know this was a thing you could do. So it's like, hey, um, this is gonna be really big in like eight years. Like, jump on it, jump on it now. Like, that's what I would yeah. do to to tell myself ten years ago. Well, Darian, thank you for uh, sp- giving us a little bit of time to talk about what it's like playing pro football in outside of North America. And uh, this yeah. has been kind of an enlightening experience for for me learning about just. Just, just how things run down there. Yeah, no problem, bud. And whenever, anytime. And you know what? I'm going to, you know what? Next season, we're going to book it. We're going to book it. Next season, you will come to Germany and broadcast the game. We're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna put it together. We will put it together. Mark my words. We will put it together. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get you to Germany. We're gonna get you to Germany to broadcast the game here. If you we can do it, if you can get me on the plane, that'd be kind of a miracle. I, 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 I all right. Well, uh, thank you. Well, thanks for your time. And uh, if you want to listen to this and future and previous episodes, you can find us on anchor.fm slash Evanation Show, all one word. We're also on Spotify. We're also on Spotify. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts on. So for Darian Neal, I'm Evan Eichen saying so long, and we'll see you next time.